0: This podcast is Challenging Opinions and is presented by William Campbell. Thank you for downloading the Challenging Opinions podcast for June 26th, 2017. Some people support President Donald Trump. Some people don't care for him so much, and some people are actively opposing him. In this podcast, I'm talking to someone who has written a manual for the people who are determined to do that. Challenging Opinions is the podcast where ideas are tested, whether you are left or right, conservative or progressive, devout or skeptic. What matters is the strength of your argument, not the strength of your voice. I'm joined on the line now by Michael Huttner. He's an attorney, an author, a crisis communications expert, and he's just published a book called 45 Ways to Fight Trump. Michael, what's the top of your list in fighting Trump?
1: Sure. The first, uh, the first way is that had, we as progressives, uh, both around the world, have to change the narrative around Trump. He, he tries to portray himself as, as strong and a winner, and we have to do uh, just the opposite. We have to portray him as what he really is, which is he's a loser and he's weak. And uh, we could point to example after example. But the only, you know, the, what, what, when, when, when people on our side continue to refer how strong he is, you're only reinforcing the message that he's trying to portray. So we really need to show, point out his weaknesses in order to be successful.
0: Michael, that brings me really to the question I wanted to ask you. Of course, it's completely legitimate to have an opposition in a democracy, but Donald Trump is the elected president. He is the constitutional head of the military and of the government. Don't you owe him any duty of loyalty?
1: Look, he, he was... Uh, the, the key thing here, now that, now that he has been uh, elected, unfortunately, is that... In order for progressives and the issues that we care about, whether it's the environment or health care or education or our retirement, he's a threat to all of these things that we hold so dearly. And the only way that we're going to have any success going forward is if we make Trump point out his weaknesses, make him such a, a lodestone that when the elections occur next November, in November of 2018, here in the United States, that anybody that is tied to Trump or or the Republican Party that he leads uh, will lose in next year's election. And then there'll be some regaining of Democratic and progressive leaders into our elected offices, which then will start changing and shifting the, the landscape to a more progressive area.
0: Well, Michelle Obama had a saying that I think was quite inspiring. She said, when they go low, we go high. And when her husband was first elected to the presidency in 2008, there was, I think, quite a regrettable reaction from a lot on the right. There was the whole birther movement, and there was a very strong rejection of the whole uh, legitimacy of Obama's presidency from some extremists. Is there a danger that you're going to fall into the same trap?
1: No, you know, this is the difference between Trump and many other uh, presidents before him is that he came out swinging not not only during the election, but since then. He's now gone after uh, Muslims. He's gone after immigrants. He's made insulting comments towards women, towards uh, people that don't have, uh, can't afford health care. And these, we cannot just sit, you know, sit down and take these lightly. We need to do everything we can to resist him and his, his ill-conceived agenda.
0: I tend to agree with a lot of what you're saying, at least the motivation of what you're saying. But Obama won the presidency, and he won well by focusing on a positive message, not by focusing on the opposition. And however much you dislike Trump, you have to admit that he did have a positive message. Now, you might think it was a dishonest positive message, that it was a bottle of smoke, but he was offering his constituency something positive. That seems to work better than negative, doesn't it?
1: Look, I'm, I'm all in for. No, I, I think I, I'm all in favor of uh, a positive message when it's about issues and values that we care about, like equality and helping uh, people that need need an extra hand. But look, he did not run on a positive message. Aside from his his slogan, what he basically did is scapegoat immigrants and foreigners and people of lower income and others during his campaign to basically incite. Uh, xenophobia, sexism, um, a certain degree of racism, and he used that in order to try to uh, lure over swing voters. So I don't think there was much positive about his campaign. I thought it was a very nasty, negative campaign. And what's so interesting about it is, rather than putting it behind him when he got elected, he continued to criticize uh, people that he uh, that he criticized during the election. So I, I don't think of Donald Trump as a in any way a, a positive uh, uh, public leader. I think he's just the opposite. I think he's a fairly negative, and I think he, he, he attacks people in order to further his agenda.
0: Uh, I actually tend to agree. I think he's making a mistake by continuing to fight the election. Though, whatever you think of the process, he did actually win the election. Um, you said that one of your 45 ways to fight Trump was to point out his mistakes. Can you give me a couple more uh, interesting ways?
1: Sure, sure. So, the uh, you know, we, we start out, at, we really have four areas. But in short, the four areas are protecting our culture, which is now that he's been elected, these are there are real day-to-day things that people in communities across the United States and, quite frankly, around the world are having to face with an increased amount of uh, hatred towards Muslims, a uh, increase in bullying in the schools, um, the idea that our our president was so blatant and vulgar in his sexism about grabbing women, and now he he's continuing to be as president. This is a thing that. That, uh, an issue that women and, and all people face around the country. So we, we provide very practical ways that you can deal with these things that are, have become very real just in the past, you know, year here in the States.
0: For example?
1: Uh, for example, hosting a, uh, whether, whatever faith you are, hosting an open house for people of various faiths in your community. And that includes if you have, uh, you know, a community center or a mosque. You welcome people to, to your uh, place of worship, as well as whether it's a church or a synagogue or otherwise. Um, so that's one example. Another one would be just pulling together people in your neighborhood uh, around, uh, you know, for dinner, just to discuss uh, what's going in and how this is affecting, affecting us at the local level. Much of our uh, book focuses on getting—it it really comes down to that all policy and politics is local— so it's important that during these very trying times that people organize at the local level, but not just for now, but for the long term in order to, to build power and to really change things around.
0: And um, just last week, the writer and pollster Nate Silver has written a piece about European politics, particularly about Marine Le Pen in France, Geert Wilders in the Netherlands and UKIP in the UK. And he's pointed out that the closer those right-wing leaders are to trump the more they're losing in elections do you see that as a sign of hope
1: yes yes that's exactly where what we're hoping for the only real you know that you had asked about you know can we be positive well when you don't have any power in washington dc because we have we don't have the senate we don't democrats don't have congress and we don't have the white house you need to speak up and question the status quo and we, you know, that's the best we can do is put as much pressure at the state and local level to question the status quo and the leadership of this um, president and his ill-fated, uh, or lack of leadership for that matter, and really try to have this turn around in November of 2018 in the elections.
0: For the length of the Trump administration, do you think that the highest that you can aspire to is deadlock? That's to say prevent Trump from doing anything rather than actually achieve something yourself?
1: Well, you know, there's a that's a good question. There's a division among the progressives and Democrats here in the states, and that is that some folks say, hey, why don't we try to compromise with with Trump, try to get some infrastructure into our states and this sort of thing? And I think that's ill advised because ultimately what this is going to come down to, I mean, those what 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 he's going to give progressives of Democrats is, is breadcrumbs at best um, what what it really comes down to is in November of 2018 Republican you know the, the when people go into the voting booth they see the word Republican or Democrat and if we are successful and not trying to muddy the waters then Democrats are going to pick up seats because the Republicans by definition are going to be tied to their to their head of their party which is which is President Trump
0: Unfortunately, I haven't had a chance to uh, read your book, Michael, and you're mentioning many of the ways, the 45 ways to fight Trump that are the title of your book. I'm wondering, are any of those 45 ways introspective? Do you think that maybe there's some valid criticisms of what the Democrats did? For example, too much focus on identity politics.
1: Absolutely. I think that, you know, and we, we talk about this in, a, in the second section of our book. We really uh, one one issue is is that these 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 groups that are emerging, like Black Lives Matters and immigrant groups and other groups of non basically non privileged communities, uh, have been speaking up, feeling that they've been left out. And quite frankly, the Democratic Party has done a terrible job of of really um, ingratiating itself and and including uh, a lot of these communities of color into uh, their day-to-day and month-to-month activities. What it typically is is, is they, they get ne- these groups get neglected, and then just uh, weeks before the election, uh, whoever's running for office decides to add to their agenda some sort of GOTV effort, get out the vote effort to bring these communities in. But these, these folks in these communities are not stupid, and they know that a lot of times they're just being used for their, their vote in the last few months. So I guess my message is to the Democratic Party and to progressives across the country is to include these folks and empower them now, not during an election. You're starting now, and that way they'll have a lot more goodwill and they'll have a real uh, constituency that, that doesn't leave out so many key communities.
0: Sure, but as well as those minority constituencies, don't you think that a lot of the people who flipped from being Obama voters into being Trump voters, they saw that that focus on minorities was not inclusive of them. The typical white guy in Minnesota or Pennsylvania who, vo- who works a factory job and saw that the Democrats were maybe obsessed with the gay or lesbian, transsexual, Muslim uh, constituencies. They're saying we're left out.
1: I, I don't think they focus too much on the minority groups. I think Trump used division and divisiveness as a weapon to divide up the progressive side of things.
0: Would that criticism, would that attack, have been as powerful if there wasn't a grain of truth in it?
1: Oh, I, I think he, he he pushed buttons that he knew were going to play to uh, the anxiety of white working class uh, folks, and and the, and there are the buttons that have been used for decades among among the right wing, and that includes racism. It includes the threat that people from out of this country are going to take your jobs away. I mean, these jobs that many of these people, the the recent immigrants, are not jobs that these longtime labor workers are are really wishing to do. And yet Trump played the card as if these people are going to, you know, climb over the wall and steal your jobs, which is just ridiculous and is certainly racist.
0: Finally, Michael, are you optimistic?
1: You know, I'm optimistic because we are in such a... A whole right now as progressives, we have very little power in DC. We don't have that much more power in the states. Most of the most of the governors are controlled by uh, Republicans as well. So I'm optimistic, and it can't get much worse than what it is now. And that's why we're asking people to, to to go to Amazon.com and buy the Resistance Handbook: 45 Ways to Fight Trump, because this is a very practical handbook going forward on what we can do to start. Taking uh, out of that hole.
0: Michael, you've done your own plug. The Resistance Handbook is 45 Ways to Fight Trump, uh, recently published by Michael Huttner. Thank you very much for talking to me.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me on.
0: Never miss a show. Follow at Challenging O on Twitter and like Challenging Opinions on Facebook for updates on each show's contents. That's all for the Challenging Opinions podcast published on June twenty-sixth, 2017. I have links to Michael's book and other information about the things we were talking about in the show notes for the podcast that you can find on the website. And do you know someone else who I should interview? What topics should I be covering with them? I'd be really interested to hear your feedback. If you like the podcast, there's one thing that you can do that would really help other people to find it. Go on iTunes, give the podcast a rating and write a short review. There's a link on the website directly to the iTunes page. Also, please like the show on Facebook. On Twitter, you can follow the show at Challenging O. And most importantly, subscribe to the show for free. You can use iTunes on Apple or Google Play Music. And there's links for both of those and the RSS feed if you use that. And I know not everyone uses podcast software. A lot of people just listen on the website. So you can also just enter your email address on the Challenging Opinions website. And each time a new show goes online, you'll get a simple email with a link to listen. No spam at all, I promise. You can find all of that or get in touch with me at www.challengingopinions.com. The Challenging Opinions podcast is produced and presented by me, William Campbell. The assistant producer is Liam McLaughlin.